0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Despite what their moms told them, they just aren't talented enough for radio.
1: Unfortunately, anyone can have a show these days. Sean. Well, I'm pretty hard to figure out sometimes. I can't even figure myself out sometimes, so don't you try to. Joe. You're an idiot. And really a disloyal person. This is the CUSE
0: militia. Now, those two unapologetically biased orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. It's
2: the most bullshit thing I've seen in 30 years. Welcome orange men and ladies. Happy Sunday. Happy New Year. This is the Cuse Militia with Sean and Joe. At Cuse Militia on the socials, go there, join the militia. Despite a 477-yard performance by Syracuse to Minnesota's 215-yard performance, they were handed a loss in the Bad Boy Mowers Pinstripe Bowl, 28-20. Uh, some Some miscues in the third quarter, and the pick six kind of Took the wind out of the sails there. We'll talk about that, but there is some good, and we'll talk about that. A slow start, yet again, for the Syracuse Orange basketball team, but they pick it up late in both halves to extend their win streak over Boston College by 9. You'll hear from us, and we'll hear from you and fan feedback. And Syracuse will face Louisville Tuesday. Tuesday. Tuesday at 7. Yes. And we will let you know what we think about that. So, we are a, a few days separated from the Pinstripe Bowl, and uh, like we said, we were going to try to get here after the game, but um, not possible. Busy time of year, obviously, and also, um, you know, it was a Thursday afternoon, and it's just it was that was a tough time slot for most of us, I think. So anyways, we'll, we'll talk about it briefly and just kind of give you, um, you know, our thoughts on that. And then we'll, then we'll mostly put football behind us and start talking about some basketball though. Uh, one thing I did not expect late was the Michael Jones situation. Um, so didn't surprise me, but I wasn't expecting it. So I, I, as things kind of unfolded towards that game, um, I realized that it's really hard to do a preview for bowl games these days because yeah. it's all speculation. There's no, there's not much. I should say not no, but there's not much things that are set in stone when it comes to the team, uh, our team, and to the team we're playing. Uh, obviously, Ibrahim uh, played. You know, I I didn't realize he was so close to records that you know. Just made sense for him to play and you know that's kind of that's kind of our bad on that and uh, I we had a Golden Gopher fan listen to the podcast and actually tweeted me on Twitter about that that he probably would play because of that so I retweeted that because of the information so that you know we didn't have right. for you so that's our bad but
0: well and what he played till he got the records and then he sat out right yeah so. he was
2: going for two a touchdown record and in a an in a, in a overall yards f- for the season record and yeah he ended up you know seventy one yards and yep. not you know he didn't That's tear right. us up too bad on sixteen attempts and um then he sat out so would it have looked much different i doubt it i don't i well. don't i don't think it would have looked a whole lot different so
0: we don't really know because I'll tell you what I think that their their starting quarterback was a little bit better, even though the guy that came in threw t- two touchdowns. Uh, I thought that you know the first guy was a little bit better, so I don't know really what it would have looked like if he would have wouldn't have got injured. Um, and also their starting center, who's going pro, you know, he announced late that uh, he wasn't going to play as well, so they were down in NFL offense alignment, so to speak. So, uh, but yeah, on their own, I thought Nick Monroe called a pretty good um game considering you know our resources and, <clears throat> and what we've lost and um not having Derek mcdonald and Anwar and sparrow um i don't know if that makes me a little nervous or if something happened i wish that there was a little bit more news on that i know that Derek mcdonald was still hurt but Anwar sparrow he played the last game against boston college and played pretty well so i was looking forward to him um, having a pretty big game but uh i think caden bailey came in um you know nephew of Champ Bailey, son of Boss Bailey, uh, former Georgia Bulldog, uh, greats. Shout out to that game. That game was ridiculous last night. By the way, that Georgia Ohio State game. Um, so but was yeah, the Caden Michigan Bailey, TCU game.
2: They were both crazy. Yeah, they
0: were both crazy. Yeah, um, but yeah, Caden Bailey he stepped up and he showed um, some some promise. For the defensive side as well so uh knowing that rocky long is coming in and seeing what we did on defense i thought i was i'm i mean i'm pretty happy with you know what's going to come back i think everybody that's that was out there is, is coming back right so everyone um, that
2: was out there is seemingly coming back yeah um, um Caleb Caleb, because, yeah. Yesterday. yeah so he's coming back and um that's huge uh so you know Marlow obviously he's coming back. He seemed happy to be out there and 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 being a part of that bowl game. And despite the loss, had had a big smile on his face during during his time during the presser and just kind of having fun. So, uh, with that said, uh, we scratched the surface. Let's just hear what Coach had to say, and then we'll we'll talk about it and like we always do and put the Ready game us. Up? That's it. Put this put a bow on this thing.
0: Here we go. Here's Coach. Quint, just looking back on this game for you, just what it means for you to build off of for 2023 and being the lead back as you move forward at Syracuse? Have a hell of an
2: offseason, you know, get bigger, faster, stronger, you know, and build a bond with the team
1: so we come back stronger.
2: How's this feel to be able to turn it around uh, after, you know, not going to a bowl game since 2018? I know the lost stings, but can you kind of put into perspective uh, this season for you guys? Oh, yeah, 100%. The loss, definitely, it does hurt, but we got to remember that we, we did some great things this year. A lot of people didn't have us going to a bowl game, so just I just, just giving thanks to the team and Coach Babers and all the other coaches, because we really
3: did come together and just do some great things this year.
1: LaQuint, Coach, had a lot of good things to say
2: about you yesterday before the game, said there was a player that he often tells you, he, you remind him of, an older guy, or just wondering, he said you would have to tell us who that is, and who is that?
1: Marcus Allen.
2: What does he say you remind him of Marcus? The
0: play style you know and not only the play style but the person he is. Coach what's one thing that you want to improve on upon next season that you say hey this is top priority moving into next season what area of the game that you want to see the most improvement going into next season?
3: You know we we play an aggressive style. We play an aggressive style on offense. We play an aggressive style on defense. I think the thing that we need to improve on, there's no doubt about it, is our special teams and our penalties. And uh, both of those showed up in this game. It showed up in the first game and it showed up in the last game. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm positive about a lot of things, but then there's certain things that uh, it's hard to be really positive about. So we need to clean those things up. Coach, what impressed you about
2: Laquint Allen's preparation for this game and what impressed you about his game today?
3: You guys, Laquint has. The way LeQuint played today is we saw him playing like that in August. We saw him play like that when he was New Jersey Gatorade Player of the Year. He's always been that way. He got mad. He was on four special teams, and I, he got mad that I pulled him off of the four special teams he was on because this game he was going to be the starting tailback. And he kept saying, oh, coach, I can do all four. And I said, I know you can do all four. He says, good. And I said, no, not good. You're not going, you're not going to be the starting tailback and do all those special teams. But trust me, he wants to. and But he's just one of those guys that he's extremely valuable. He can run the football. He can throw the football. He can catch the football. Uh, but more importantly than that, he plays the game the right way. His spirit, his heart, his energy, he does not give up. Okay, he doesn't, There's no Q in him. I don't, I don't say that word, that Q Q I don't say it, but there's, that word's not in his vocabulary get a whole bunch of guys like him you're gonna be smiling a whole bunch of times when the game's over all
2: right so obviously LaQuint Allen the, the the bright spot I mean I think um we kind of knew what kind of guy and what kind of back LaQuint Allen can be I think it doesn't come as a surprise to me how you know dude he's just gritty he's just gritty out there and uh, I wish you know Coach said, you know, we we knew this in August. We've seen this in August. I wish we would have seen more of them throughout the year. I feel like a one-two duo between him and Sean Tucker was a real possibility this year. And through some of our struggles on that five-game losing streak, you you probably could have changed things up a little bit in hindsight. I mean, I don't know. But you obviously a talented guy, 94 yards rushing, 60 yards receiving, 154 total. 11 catches. Yeah, 11 catches.
0: Yeah, that's what I mean, like, I mean, when you look at the struggles and that Sean man. Tucker had yeah. coming out of the backfield, yeah. as far as receiving wise, it's like, uh, how do we not throw in some screens or get him in there? Um, you know, put him in the, and maybe put him and Tucker in the backfield and then put him in motion and get him out in the flats and in the slots where those linebackers obviously can't guard him because you know, we proved it yesterday. So, yeah, that's one thing you do question and you don't know if that's you know, the situation with having a different play caller compared to what the other. Offensive coordinator was, but uh, LaQuinn Allen, I mean, if they've known that and this is what he's been doing, then he, it would have been nice to see a little bit more of him throughout the season. I think um, yeah, the dynamic no,
2: could have changed through some of the struggles in that five-game lose streak.
0: Yeah, and obviously would have opened up some options, and then obviously he threw a touchdown this year too. <clears throat> so yeah, he's got he did it all. But that going too, right? So yeah. he's very versatile, and, and, and to see – that type of situation and maybe it's because you know we still had a devon cooper or something like that but even looking at this game on the offensive side I'm pretty sure everyone but maybe carlos Veterello and devon cooper i mean minus transfer portal they're all going to be coming back um and being eligible so to be able to see and that's that's usually you know when i saw all the transfers and the guys going pro this is what i was looking forward to more than anything was, you know was fight, you know, be competitive, win the game, but also it's, it's, it's a look into the next year and, and what you could possibly have. And we had a lot of guys missing. And, and you know, it, you can say it looked a lot like a lot of the games that we played this year, right? But um, for us to still put up a game like that with the amount of players that we were missing um, is pretty impressive. And I think that, you know, it definitely gave me a more positive feeling going into next year for sure.
2: Uh, LaQuint Allen, Marcus Allen comparison. Hey, Amen.
0: He had some nice moves. He made some people miss an open space. He had a nice stiff arm. You know, again, Mark yeah, Allen Marcus was a was great a, receiving.
2: Yes, he was a gritty dude. He could do everything on the field. And uh, yeah, I mean, I remember, I mean, growing up watching Marcus Allen, that's um, it's a huge compliment coming from coach. Uh, so Marlo looking on the bright side of things, you know, putting things into perspective. And this, this football team wasn't supposed to get to six wins this year. You know, no one was predicting any of that. They win their first six, you know, they, they lose, they lose five out of their last seven, but they, um, you know, they, they fought hard. There were a couple of those games were, were within reach and they bounced back against Boston college, which was a game where they had to fight to, to get back into that. So, um,
0: Six out of last
2: seven. Six out of the last seven, I'm sorry. Uh, so uh. um yeah.
0: But then this game was completely winnable. Th-
2: this game was totally winnable. And for me, you know, I I just I just think that the, the the time in between the Boston College game and the bowl game, despite getting healthy and practicing, just looked a little rusty kind of in I think the the miscues in the third quarter starting with the pick six. And then, you know, uh, a 70-plus yard kickoff return, set up an easy touchdown there. So, they you know, they score 14 points in the, the third quarter and we're playing catch-up. You know, there's, there's a chance. And in, in then, you know, Elijah Clark has a penalty, which I don't even know what it was. It was unsportsmanlike conduct, but I never knew what it was. Uh, seven for 15 on third down conversions. They just were struggling all day with that. And um, – I mean, it was sub, It was a subpar performance. I thought that they, they played well. I mean, uh, when when you right when you think you know Garrett Trader's down and out, he he just busts out a run, two of them, in fact, for touchdowns. So, um, th- thirty-two for fifty. I can't. How many plays they had?
0: Yeah. Golly,
2: eighty-five. I mean,
0: eighty-five plays. When you look at time of possession and stuff like that. I mean, we the, the discrepancy again we just between, shot ourselves in the foot, though.
2: Yeah, the discrepancy between the amount of plays, the time, uh, the yardage is just. You look at the box score and, and you think, oh, Syracuse, they had to have demolished them, you know. But it just was the yeah. it was the little things really that killed them. You know, you, you take away the pick six, uh, you you take away the long kickoff return. You know, you uh who knows what happens at the end if Elijah Clark doesn't just give them the give them the end of the game, you know, basically. I mean, that's essentially what happened there. I mean, there's always a chance until there's not a chance, and, and there was a chance until that penalty happened. I don't know what he did. Did you see what he did?
0: Uh uh-uh. uh. I'm assuming it. it's some some type of late hit or some type of something like that. So <laughs> but yeah, I mean penalties again killed us too, because there was a penalty that Pushed us back from third and four to third and nine. Then we didn't get it. We had to punt, and there was two other penalties where in in during drives where we were driving pretty pretty well, and in their their side of the field, and we went for it on fourth down. They had a and lot of short
2: fields too, not I mean, getting
0: it. So and they had a lot of short fields. We kicked the ball out of bounds yeah. um, as far as a kickoff goes. Shanked a punt at least yeah. one. And I mean, even if you take away that seventy-two yard uh, return, as far as one of those uh, kickoff returns. Um, you know, they still had what's that 28 30, 46 return yards off of the other two. So, I mean, this still was good average even before that 72 yard return that put them in field position to get that next touchdown. So, really, it was, it was special teams, and Dino talked about that special teams in kind of put,
2: yeah,
0: and penalties, you know, in timely penalties and stuff like that. So, um, but I do appreciate, you know, Marlo Wax. I, I like his, um,
2: his attitude you know, his, his perspective. Attitude
0: about it. He's obviously going to be a captain next year. He's going to be the guy probably in the middle of the defense. Um, he, he's got and, the right, he's got the right,
2: he's got the right attitude for leadership.
0: Yeah. And, you know, nice to see Dennis Jaquez Jr. back out there um, based off of his injury earlier in the year. So obviously he's going to be ready to go for next year. And just to see how, you know, this defense played with an interim uh, head coach and, you know, the guys that, the guys that were missing, I mean, you were bringing in these, the, you know, the Jaden Bellamy and Jaden Gould, as far as in the corners. So they're going to come in. Uh, we got guys coming in on obviously, you know, Ju- Juco and, and obviously our recruiting class, but then you got to think, we should still have Lockett and, uh, and Was Sp- Sparrow, Derek McDonald and Stefan Thompson who didn't play because of injury as well. So, um, I think that with Okachuku and Marlowe X coming back, they're going to keep the, the mob, you know, alive. And I think that defense is going to be ready to go just like they did this past year, you know.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I would agree. I mean, I mean, the, you know, we'll see, we'll see
0: what happens with uh,
2: with next year, but still a lot of talent on the team. It's you know, so we'll see. I don't have a whole lot of opinion. I'm I'm extremely excited about. LaQuint Allen, I really am. And I'm ex- yeah. I'm excited to see, you know, what what this offense in general looks like mostly. But yeah. I think, you know, there's some work to be done obviously defensively, but well,
0: you got to clean up that little stuff. Yeah. We're not good enough to be able to beat these teams while, you know, all losing penalties. possessions because of penalties and yeah. cuz of special teams stuff. So that stuff's got to get got to get worked out. Um and, and then I think that it'll give us a lot better of a chance to you know, maximize our, our potential next year.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So we will. Was, was there any other news other than, other than uh, Michael Jones and uh, Caleb Bokuchuku coming back? I don't think there was. No, I don't think so. Okay. All right. So, uh, as always, we'll keep ourselves and you posted on all of that other football news. But um, it's time to look ahead to basketball finally, to just focus on some basketball <laughs> for a little bit. And, uh, I'll uh, you know, 10 days off, started rusty again, and um, or started slow again, I should say, but they knocked the dust off, and um, Syracuse continues the win streak over Boston College. Let's hear what Coach had to say following the game.
1: You know, I thought that uh, Jesse's getting pushed around a lot and he's following people and he's got he's to be better for us. I thought Muneer did a couple of good things when he was in there. Um, you know, The game turned a little bit in the first half. Benny's been shooting well in practice and he made a couple shots but then he got on the boards and that's something that he can do whether he makes shots or not. Rebound, play defense and he hasn't been doing that so it was a good game for him. Uh, Justin hit two big shots, Uh, we arguably needed very badly to win the game. Joe and uh, Judah were really good, but the biggest disappointment is we we block a shot, we make a miss, and then the forward's standing there, and we don't get the rebound. We're not getting those loose balls. Now, Boston College is quick to the ball. They're small, so that's going to happen, but... You know, we're just not playing at a, a level that we have to play at. Um, so, you know, we had a few good days of practice, but it didn't show tonight. And, uh, you know, we're going to have to get a lot better. Questions? So, Jimmy, you took Benny out pretty early. And then he went in late in the second half and had that flurry of activity, points, etc. cetera. What was the difference between him, beginning of the game, and how he finished the game? Well, he, first of all, he, when he went back in with three minutes to go, Got a rebound, tip, bucket, which he never gets, and he almost had another one. And then he had two open shots, and we know he can make them. It's disturbing to me when people say, you know, make judgments about who should play when they don't know what practice is. Practice is important. Benny's the best player in practice every day at the forward position. Every day. Has he been the best player in the game? He hasn't been great. But he is our best forward. And I'm going to stick with him. And people don't see any of that. People comment on what we're doing. They not only don't come to practice, they don't come to games. You can't not not come to a game and think you can judge what's going on out there. There's just no way you can see it on your TV. You just can't. I mean... You know, we're, Benny's very capable of being a double-double guy. And he hasn't shown that in the games. He's had a couple games, but he hasn't shown that. But he's our best forward. And he's going to get every opportunity to do what he can do. He's still getting better. He didn't play much last year and he shouldn't have, but he's a freshman to me. He didn't, last year was a non-factor, but we have, we're struggling. Quadir has been unbelievable in practice. He's been our best player in practice the last four or five practices, and today he just, he couldn't do anything. That's just something that happens when you're dealing with young players. Justin hasn't been great. He didn't do much the first half. He finally got a look which is very hard to make that shot that he made when you haven't got a look and he made it. We're down one. He puts ahead, made the next one to get us ahead. Um, those are hard shots, very hard shots. But what I'm worried about is we just aren't, that position isn't getting loose balls or rebounds. And that's something that when Jesse or Munir, or Benny do something block, somebody's got to get the ball. Somebody's got to get that ball.
2: And we're not. All right. So, you know, Jesse's foul trouble. Okay. Um, obviously, this is going to happen. But you got to feel a little bit good about it, in in the sense that Monir comes in. He he plays 15 minutes. He doesn't. He's not out there scoring a ton, but uh, he he had four fouls too. But he he had four blocks in that amount of time, and just held steady. You know. I mean, he just keeps it grounded. And he is he's a talented guy, and he's he's not Jesse Edwards level on the scoring end and stuff. But you know he comes in, gets a couple of rebounds, four blocks, and does his part. And you know Boston College did chip away at the at that lead It was at ten or something like that, and then they started chipping away at that when when Jesse was sitting down. But. Um, you know, it's not a situation, though, where we're taking a, a poor Dolezal and throwing him in at center or taking, uh, you know, uh, uh, Jimmy Beheim and moving him from forward to, to center. And it's just it seems to be a little bit more cohesive there with Monier. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, Jesse's just got to kind of keep his wits about him and stay out of foul trouble now. There was a foul, the foul discrepancy for a while. Like, again, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm sorry. Is it Teddy Valentine? Why do I feel like every time this guy's doing a game, I'm so confused. Uh, so, I mean, there was a couple that I was like, what? what? what I mean, you know, obviously, did, did uh, Judah Mintz, he hits the floor a lot. We talked about that, but. You know, there was a couple of times he got fouled, man. And they were not—they are not giving him anything.
0: No, no, so I think that'll eventually tighten up as Judah gets a little bit, uh, you know, older and his name gets a little bit known a little bit more. Uh, I think that that is that is kind of a real thing. But uh, yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me because they were all over those guys, all over them. You know, even going to where they called the the charge on Joe Girard. Yeah, that was and he flopped, and then you know he did a little hip. I mean. Look they're playing aggressive and they're and they're trying they're daring the the refs to basically blow the whistle, but I just don't understand like how that's not getting blown, but then you know some i mean some of those one or one or two of those jesse Edwards team with thing i mean that's you got guys like jumping into oh yeah know, people's arms and stuff like that when you know these guys are obviously hand checking and doing all those types of things so uh, yeah, they struggled a little bit. I mean, Judah Mintz and Joe Girard combined for seven turnovers, which and obviously can't happen against a better team. Uh, that
2: was – right, and that was – a lot of that was just the speed of the game. They just got to slow down. It's just sloppy, some of that stuff. You know? Yeah,
0: and I think one of those was a 10-second call too.
2: Uh, was there a 10-second call? I didn't think there was. was there, there was. Oh, okay. Because yep. they were – it got close a couple times because they were – they were having Joe having to bring the ball up and, you know, he just obviously is not as good as Judah. So, um, yeah, uh, you know, look, Benny Williams played a tremendous game. Yep. And we talk a lot about what coach sees in practice and we speculate. And I guess we speculated right because that's why Benny's still out there every game start and that's why he gets the minutes he's getting and coach is just like seeing what he sees in practice and then he can then they they, here comes the game and he struggles and like coach said that's you know it is going that is going to happen that's going to happen with young players Uh, coach considers him a, a a freshman which you know he can make that argument i feel like he played enough last year to have a little bit under his belt you know to be a little bit further along than what he actually is but um me for me, yeah. for me uh, I mean 11 re- he had double double I think it was his second double double of the year um with uh, um what 16 points and 11 rebounds which is is excellent if, if Benny's doing that every game it's this team's gonna be difficult to play
0: with two steals and three blocks
2: yeah I didn't even oh. notice the three blocks but yeah he did he had three
0: blocks oh he had some good ones he had some good ones yeah I mean that's just we need him to play like this, obviously. And we talked about that before. If we get those those top four, you know, Jesse Edwards out of foul trouble with Benny and Judah and Joe, then that's that's a tough lineup to stop. And then really just whoever is out there that's going to play tough and, and play tough defense and, and do the little things that Beheim's talking about. So um, I think that he's just kind of stuck in between because it's probably a situation where Chris Bell's the second-best shooter and probably plays good in, in practice. And Quidier Copeland, he's – plays good in practice as well, but he's not as good a three point shooter. So you know, obviously, they want to go to offense first, and then Justin obviously can shoot too. So he's trying to figure it all out, and I think that there's different answers for different situations and games. Uh, but yeah, I mean, at this point, he's always talked about practice. Um, you know, we talked about him doing things differently, and that's that was the only thing he could do. But again, when you're a coach, you can only go off of what you see in practice, right? I mean, Yeah.
2: You can't I mean, predict he's who's going to perform in a game. He's obviously very adamant about, you know, what are you supposed to do if if a dude's killing it in practice? And by the way, I think what he was saying is Benny is the best forward in practice, and Quadir, the past four or five practices, has been the best
0: guy on the court in practice. Which explains why he's been getting more minutes in the right, game. Right. But at the end of the day, it, it makes perfect sense that he's going to he's going to create the starting lineup, which has been the same starting lineup all year, based upon what he sees in practice and if that's if what he sees in practice is those five are the best players then i guess you know we really can't question that the only thing that we can question really is you know how if long he- how long does he how long of a lease do they have before yeah. you pull, them before out? You pull him out? because everyone's seeing the same thing that you're seeing? So right. yeah, but I mean, I think he's gotten better with that. He showed it with Benny Williams when you know Malik Brown and those guys have come in and, and took some burn away from him. And same thing with Chris Bell. I mean, Chris Bell only played 13 minutes. Uh, he really wasn't performing or bringing anything uh, to the table, so he brought in Justin Taylor, and Justin Taylor hit a couple of big shots.
2: He hit two huge three-pointers that were crucial. One was after one was an answer to a three, I think, and yep. um, he was, you know, wh- you're not always going to be able to win games like that because Syracuse isn't that team. But you know, you take what you can get when you can get it. But unfortunately, you know, I think um, it's one of those things where we're not. It's not going to be something we're going to be able to rely on. But thankfully, they they hit when they need to hit. Uh, that being. Um, Taylor, yesterday.
0: Yeah. So, um, I mean, they didn't play the cleanest game, right? No, but I mean, Joe at, hit a couple big
2: threes, too, and deep.
0: Oh, yeah. So we shot 8 of 16 from three. This yeah. is the best we shot in three in a little while now, so um, I don't want them to fall in love with it, but at the end of the day, we still won the turnover battle, we still won the rebound battle, um, and I guess, you know, our defense was good enough. Even if Boston College was a good de- offense, then and I still think we would have been in a position to win the game. So it just so happens that Boston College's offense is pretty bad.
2: Pretty bad. Yeah, that's a word for it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was – yeah, I mean, look. I mean, I, I think
0: – Ken Palm's got them ranked 281 yeah. as far as adjusted offense. We talked about that. We, we knew of, that they were we going to play pretty defense. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and uh, you know, the other thing, I guess, uh, for me – is uh, Malik Brown only getting four minutes. I mean, I don't know if he had enough time to even show anything. But, you know, like Coach said, maybe he didn't show anything in practice all week. I have no idea. But, y- y- I mean. Yeah.
0: I mean, well, I, you know, we weren't getting killed off the boards. And Benny was playing really, And we
2: really won the re- re- rebound battle, too. Right.
0: For so, once, I so. mean, if it's a situation where our small forward position isn't rebounding and we're getting out-rebounded and they're getting a bunch of second-chance points and they're in the game. Then there might be a situation where Malik Brown comes in for for Bell, but when Benny Williams is rebounding like that and then hitting the shots that he that he hit and playing the type of you know steals and blocks game, um, then yeah, I think that uh, Malik Brown's probably not going to play too much when Benny Williams is playing like that.
2: Yeah, and you know I think too for like I said the ten days off to come out and I know, you know everybody had a little bit of break there, but to come out and and turn it on the way they did to, you know, fight back. They were down, you know, it's one of those things again where they put themselves in a hole and then they got to dig themselves out and they do it methodically and they do a good job of it. And they, they you know, they lost a lead. So they came back, gained a lead. I think they are up by nine at the half, ended up going up by like 10 or something. They, that lead chips away. Boston our Boston College takes the... Takes the lead and, and again they don't get frustrated. You don't see too much panic. You know they just kind of do what they do. And uh, by the end of the game, they were running away with it. I mean, yeah. all of a sudden it was blown up to fourteen points after being down by two in in um, you know late in the second half. So
0: yeah, well I mean it possibly could have been even worse too. But I think that you saw a lot of smart play near the end. There's a lot of times in the past. Uh, I mean, obviously, to me, it was obvious that they worked on that. But there was times in the past in other games where you're around that 10-point mark and, you know, you start getting turnovers or you, you want to start throwing oops and doing flashy stuff near the end of the game, you know, just try to put it away. Sometimes when you do that, you make some mistakes, give the ball back, and, and allow the team to get back in it by hitting a couple big shots. So you saw a bunch of times where we had an opportunity to possibly go down, do a fast break, put the nail in the coffin type thing, and, and we didn't. And then we slowed down, took time down, played it smart, and then we ended up actually getting a good uh, shot out of it and and hitting it anyway. So um, that was another maturity thing that I saw near the end of the game because I've seen in the past couple games where we were winning and, you know, Beheim's getting mad because we're, like, pushing the ball up and taking crap shots or turning the ball over because we're trying to be flashy because it's end of the game and we're winning, you know. And that's just kind of a – You know, a a youngster mentality, so. And with all of the struggles that
2: Boston College had, and and Coach talked about the 50-50 balls, you know, there was was a few more I think we could have gotten, and I guess it's just something they just got to clean up. But I don't know if I saw a lot of people stand around watching, more so that there just wasn't enough – Room to get in there sometimes. I don't know, man, but I, I got to give him the benefit of the doubt on some of that stuff because, like Coach said, you're watching at home and you can't really, you don't have a great perspective. So, I mean, maybe my perspective's off, but I didn't see. I mean, of course, you want it to be better, and we know we have that problem, but I didn't notice too much of it. I just noticed that we, you know, there was opportunities lost in some of those mix up with the 50 50 balls. So, yeah. and that's going to happen, but. Yeah, a good game to get back into things. Uh, Syracuse is going to hit the road. They're going to take on Louisville. Like we mentioned this, uh, what is it? What's today? Sunday? So Tuesday at 7. They're a team that's, they're in rough shape. They're in rough shape right now, Louisville. So uh, the all-time series between Syracuse and Louisville sits at 19-11 and 11 in favor of the Cardinals. But, Syracuse has won three of the last four. Syracuse was 4-9 versus Louisville in the Big East. The two teams met twice in the Big East tournament, both times in the finals. In both times, the Cardinals came away with the W, according to orangehoops.org. Syracuse with a 92-69 to 69 win last year at home. Gerard, Buddy, uh, Edwards, Swider, and Jimmy, you're starting five. Buddy and Edwards, both with 19 points. Uh, The Cardinals are currently 2-12 in their only wins coming against Western Kentucky and Florida A&M. Their first three games of the season were all lost by one point. So uh, after that, though, they got pretty much slaughtered before those two wins I just mentioned. They were 0-9 before getting those back-to-back wins. 6-3 senior uh, guard L. Ellis leads the Cardinals with points per game with 17.5 assists and steals. He's taken about I mean, he takes about six to seven threes a game roughly He hits about thirty two percent he's their he's their guy uh, in the scoring column so uh, transfer Braden Huntley Hetfield is six ten two fifty forward he leads the team in rebounds per game with six as a team they're shooting forty. 05 percent from the floor, thirty one from three and seventy four from the line. And a side note, I did see Kamari Lands was was he not a Syracuse recruit? We talked about this guy, right?
0: He was a Syracuse commit at one time. That's and then right. He
2: That's right. Okay, all right. So he's getting about twenty points, uh twenty points, twenty minutes a game right now. So he's getting some burns, so uh, Joe, not a very experienced team, as they 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 don't have like a portal laden team that you think they they might could have. Um, a lot of that's this the coaching issues that they've kind of been dealing with over there. A, a new coach this year after an interim coach last year from you know Chris Mack was was let go during the season and someone came in. I thought I had it up here, but anyways they've got a new they've got a new coach and so they're they're figuring it out still it just seems like they just haven't quite figured it out and you know although there's not a ton of portal players on this team it's just I don't really even remember some of these names so there's just not a lot of experience and I think that's their biggest problem that and they got a new coach this is the third coach in two years essentially so you know that's a problem but as far as, as far as their, their lineup goes too, I see they're really only playing seven guys for the most part too. So not yeah. that not that deep and not that good. Despite losing their first three games by one point each, too. So I mean they,
0: Yeah, but that's that's also that's like their competition really. When you go through and you look at their schedule, uh, anytime they've played against a power five team or a team that's dubbed as a good team, I mean, they're losing by at least double digits. Uh, I feel like what their closest game was. Oh, like, they got at slaughtered
2: N- after those first three games. Yeah.
0: Yeah. At NC state, they lost by 12. That's the closest game against a power five team. I mean, they lost, we talked about Florida state's woes and they lost to Florida state by 22. So lost to Miami by 27. Um, so they've just, they've had a rough go at it. Now they've had a tough schedule, but this is also a team that, I mean, I don't know if you remember, but last year, uh, law are they they went three and 15 their last 18 games of the season last year um, so that that team kind of went downhill L Ellis he was on the team but he was a, a junior college uh, transfer from uh, Tallahassee Community College um, Jalen withers was on the team uh, but he wasn't getting a lot of burn uh, JJ trainer Sidney Curry uh, they were all on the team but it, it was just it was a mess last year and didn't really know what it was gonna look like now they bring in um, Kamari Lands, true freshman uh, forward, and Mike James, a true freshman guard. And then Brandon Huntley Hatfield was actually a five star that we were actually, I think he chose Tennessee over us. He was a five star uh, uh, forward. Then he went to Tennessee, and he is a transfer from Tennessee. So this is his first year. He's a 6'10, 250 pound guy. Um, so realistically, I mean, this team has just struggled. When you look at them on Ken Palm, I mean, it's pretty, I mean, they're ranked 268, man. I mean, their offense is ranked 307, which is worse than Boston College, and their defense is ranked 217. In comparison, Boston College's um, defense was 88th. So this is a team that's just – they're trying to figure it out, and really the only guards they have is Al Ellis and then Mike James. Really, they play a majority of the minutes. I'm sure Kamari Lance comes in and plays a little too – Ah, uh, the only thing that these guys got going for them is that they 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 have size. I mean, Mike James is at six five, L. Ellis is at six three, Brandon Huntley Hatfield six ten, Jalen Withers is six nine, um, Kamari Lands is six eight, and then Trainer is six eight coming off the bench, and with Sidney Curry, who was another junior college transfer last year, and he's back again, and he's six eight two seventy. So. They got some big boys as far as forward goes. I see where where their issues are is obviously playing with each other and figuring out um, how to play with each other and win games. Um, but also, I mean, they're just they lack guard play, and we have pretty good guard play. So we're definitely going to have to 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 play tough down low. Um, this could be a game where I could see Jesse Edwards definitely has to stay out of foul trouble. Our uh, forwards are definitely going to have to. Get in there and rebound, and this could uh, this could be a possibility or a situation where this is a game where Malik Brown does come in opposite Benny Williams just to get that size in there because these guys are, are pretty big. Um, but other than that, like I said, obviously they lack offense, and other than L. Ellis, it doesn't look like there's any type of solid point guard, you know, their guard jump shooter or, or or three point shooter outside. So that's going to be the guy we got to stop. And um, yeah, I mean, everybody else, hopefully we just play tough down low, get these guys in foul trouble, and just play our game.
2: That's our, and that's the angle. That's our angle. I mean, that's what we need to do. And, you know, guys like Judah Mintz, you saw, you see Joe do it once in a while, but like Judah, Benny was trying. um, And Copeland, Cordier Copeland. They're they're great at at getting in there and getting being gritty and and drawing a foul, you know. I mean that's got to be our game. We're pretty good. What were what did we hit yesterday? Eighty six percent, eighty seven percent from the line yesterday. So, um, they're a good free throw shooting team. Uh, Even Jesse's good. You know, I mean it's been a long time since we had a really good free throw shooting, a decent uh, free throw shooting center too. So. Um, that's got to be your game, and I'm this. This team doesn't. It, it, they don't stand out to me like someone to be extremely worried about. But we always know how that goes. You never underestimate your your opponent. But I ain't playing them, so uh, I will. But it is what
0: it is. I mean, it's hard to look at what you what I'm seeing and, and think that anything differently is going to happen. Um.
2: Uh, the only thing that could happen. Is what normally happens when we find ourselves in trouble. And that is not rebounding and they, second chance points, and not only that, but from deep. When you get killed by the three, that's our, you know, that's like the number one pain in yeah. the ass.
0: But well, we just so. can't beat ourselves in this game, is really what it comes down to. Right. Cause... And
2: those, all those things are beating yourself, you know, to some extent. You know what I mean? And, um, you're right. Just gotta play smart. You know, you you look at when you know when we talk about Benny and just like the maturation and of of Benny and, and just the team in general. Even Judah, you know, game to game, just feel like it's just so many young kids on the team that it's just taking a little bit longer than we'd like. Our patience allows for things to, you know. Blossom that's kind of where we're at and coach mentioned basically something about to that effect in the in the presser too just there's just young guys and these things happen and um you know the good thing is is we're going to see a lot of these guys next year this team next year I'm hoping you know, I'm hoping uh, minus any tr- portal issues um, for this team to be coming back next year and be and just be. It could be a monster if you bring a lot of these guys.
0: I mean, I, I mean, I, I think they're starting to figure it out. And realistically, too, I love the energy on the bench, on the sideline, um, all those guys that get into it. You know, I, I think that they are a team. You know, it, to me, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of, like, you know, bull crap behind the scenes, personal, you know, issues with each other. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think they're figuring it out. I think we're seeing them. Get better and better I think Joe's getting better He's trying to figure out How he can be successful In this offense With everyone on him Like white on rice And uh, Yeah He's definitely he's, he's bounced back Judah Mintz is try, He's starting to figure out How to play point I mean It's 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 getting to the point Where like I said we're It's going to be Shit or get off the pot For some of these players And um,
2: I feel like they're all Getting a little bit better Except for Bell Is the one Who's Kind of the glaring
0: weakness with bell and with with bell and taylor it's consistency and realistically again that's not we don't even really need them to score like we don't need that's not the role right so i think that there's honestly the way that i see it and and, you know judging off what boeheim's saying and everything like that i wouldn't really be surprised if it's not quidier copeland here shortly or that he's the one that's going to start getting some some of those Minutes because of the way that he plays uh, defense and hustles and everything like that. I, I can I can see a situation where when we play smaller teams, Copeland's in there. When we play bigger teams, Malik Brown's in there. I mean, I, I don't know. It's still a work in progress, obviously, with those guys. But um, I think I think as long as he keeps the leashes short with people or players that aren't going to go in and, and do the things that are asked for them, then I think that that we can be okay. So we've seen situations where bells. Came out, came back in, played good and home came started, only played 10, 13 minutes. Taylor's coming to play good, Copeland's coming to play good, Malik Brown's coming to play good. I mean, we have guys that are willing to come off the bench and and, and make big shots and do what they're asked. And just it's just a consistency portion of it. So um, if Benny can get consistent, then I think that we'll be good. But um, realistically against a team like Louisville, we just gotta we just can't beat ourselves, you know. I spoke of last year. It is on
2: the road. They've been home for quite some time. They haven't had to travel.
0: So Yeah, that's true too. I mean, but when you look at this team overall, like I said, the last eighteen games last year, they finished three and fifteen. And then you look at their two and twelve, I mean their last thirty years date or sorry, thirty games dating back to last year, they're five and twenty five. So this isn't the Louisville um that we grew up with or that we knew even a couple of years ago. Um and they are just trying to bounce back from this debacle of, of a coaching situation and these NCA issues, uh, and get back on track. So
1: Well,
2: they you know, they've they've had um some good years after Patino, but that was already the pieces were already in place. And so um when you're dealing with things beyond that coach and you're talking about trying to Keep building well you know you've had four coaches now since Patino, and that was only going back to two thousand seventeen yeah. so you know that's just there's no consistency there at the helm and you know with the obviously Rick Patino an excellent coach and you can say what you want about about him. Personally, but he built that team. They were they were rolling. They were, and I'm were and
0: honestly, I think that they're going to be fine. To be perfectly honest. even, looking at what they have now with the the freshman of Mike James and Kamari Lance who plays, and then the sophomore Brandon Huntley Huntley Hatfield, who's a five star guy who's only a sophomore. Um, you couple that with with the recruiting class that Louisville could could have, and with the transfer portal. I mean, there's there's a possibility this team could be right up at the top of the ACC next year. Yeah, but as far we'll as this year goes, not so much. that's a work in progress right there.
2: All right, Joe. So, look. Let's pick. All right. I'll make this easy. Um, Syracuse on the road. Oh, by the way, I did not even check to see what – I'm sure this is a quad three road game, by the way, and it cannot be lost. It
0: um, no, might be quad four.
2: You might be right. So, uh, let's just check real quick. Um I don't see any way that Syracuse is going to go out here and, and go to Louisville and lose this game although anything's possible and you know you shoot yourself in the in the foot yeah. sometimes when you when you talk like that but I just don't I just don't see it I feel like we're way more talented I feel like we're we're better uh, in general is playing as a team and um, despite the fact that, Louisville's home, I, I don't think it's going to matter too, too much. But um, I say Syracuse leaves out of there with a decent margin. I'm going to say 80 to 62. It's quite a bit.
0: It is. That's how
2: I see it. I don't know what, yeah. what, uh, what Ken Palm has.
0: No, net rankings got Louisville at 348 out of 363.
2: Okay. So um, that would be a – that is the tail end. The tail end of – Quad four. Quad four. Yep. It's really bad. It's almost a a quad five game.
3: Yep. It's pretty bad.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty bad, man. So – Anyway. Um, so I'm going to go, I think, a little bit lower with our score. Um, I do think that they got some, some height that can hurt us a little bit. So uh, I'm going to go Syracuse 77, a little bit lower. Barely. And Louisville 60. Okay.
2: Almost the same discrepancy, though. Sorry. After all that. Boo. Um, okay. So, yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Um, Tuesday night. I'm actually really looking forward to that game. And. um
0: so I just we, see them struggling to the, the, the the zone.
2: Re, yeah, the reason is is because I want to. I want to see. Some of what I want to see is them on the road. And we're going to get a good taste of that against Virginia, too. Yeah. But some of it is to just get get them this one more game before Virginia. Because, I mean, there's a gauntlet coming, too. So, um Virginia Tech, and then Notre Dame again, Miami, and then you're looking, you know, then it's it, it's so... Uh, Well,
0: yeah, I mean, we do have a gauntlet going through um, pretty much from Virginia to Virginia. When you look at it, there's, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight-game stretch where your easiest game is, what, at Georgia Tech? So you got Virginia in there twice, you got Virginia Tech in there twice, Notre Dame again with a Miami and a North Carolina. So that eight-game stretch is brutal before we get to, you know, the last nine where you're talking – at Boston College, Florida State, NC State, you know, those three all winnable. Then we got a Duke in there. Clemson's not bad. Pitt's not bad. And Pitt beat North Carolina the other day. Uh, and then finish up with uh, Georgia Tech and Wake Forest at home. So we got some winnable games there, though, those last eight or nine games. So
2: Yeah, that that Pitt team is just it's, – it's the portal team. You know, they, 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 they put something together, and they did uh, – Jeff Capel did a good job.
0: So far, of, so good. Of putting, what it looks putting, like to me, putting
2: a team together through the portal like that, and I mean, that's kind of the future. How long? How how sustainable is that? That that model, like, I just don't. You know, I mean, it's like so much more difficult and involved than even the the one and done teams that Dukes tried to put together numerous times. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, uh, I mean, hats off to him, but you ain't gonna always be you ain't gonna always be able to get it like that. Now, if you make a name for yourself and you say, "Hey, look, this is the portal team,"
0: hey, and if anybody's interested, nine o'clock on Tuesday after our game, Pittsburgh is playing against Virginia at home in the zoo. So that will be, be a nice little. Yeah. It might be too late for you, but the you know the basketball fans that you know want to nine you know, stay up. Stay up past nine, you
2: know. Well, I stay up past nine if we're playing. I mean, I stay up plenty. I just, the eyes get heavy. Yeah. I don't I don't get to stroll into work whenever I feel like it. You know, wake up, you know, maybe make some coffee, egg McMuffin, you know, take my time getting there, smoke a cigarette before I go in. This it's just i don't have that luxury i gotta be to work at six at the latest
0: that sounds like it's pretty specific like because that's not that's me. just what i picture so you I doing just, just that's you know, not me
2: no rolling around me. getting up you know shaking off the dust from the night before whatever whatever no scratching yourself a little bit going to make no. some coffee shuffling your feet down the hallway Nope. No. Okay. No. Right. No,
0: my morning's pretty deliberate, actually. Okay. I got to bring the kids to school, so get them up and yeah, you know, get I'm, everything going.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm long gone by the time school hits. Um, all right, it's time to hear from you.
1: It's time to hear from you, the loud mouths
3: from the loud house.
2: All right, you guys know what to do at the end of every game. We ask for your thoughts on that game. You leave them here and we talk about them. And sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. It's always better after a win, though. We're going to start with Twitter. Did the, Facebook did pick up. I, don't know, I have no rhyme or reason for anything that they do over there and how things work. No clue. Um all right, let's see here yeah. um at oil Q's, are we good again? I think we're good. I think we're all right actually. I think ben, if Bl- Benny plays like this the rest of the year, we get 20 wins and a seed in the tournament and then um he goes on. so Joe, are
0: we good? He's talking about this year or next year
2: this year what do you mean?
0: Next year. 20 wins. You see a path to 20?
2: It's difficult.
0: I mean, super difficult, but... Yeah.
2: But are we good, though? (laughs) Still can't call it, huh? No. I I think we're all right. We're not lighting anything up. We're not awful. I wonder what would be interesting, the hypotheticals. What team wins this, this team or last year's team?
0: Oh, god, yeah. wouldn't be able to do that till the end of the year, right? So,
2: yeah, well, uh, I just think that despite you know talents in different areas and being able to do different things, I feel like this team's more athletically gifted. Obviously, that's a starter, but I just think that. The way I think this team plays more aggressive too. When they get going, they're really good.
0: They just yeah, got to get Jude, them going. Yeah, but, and Jude is a big, you know. I mean, I'm it's glad that we finally that. got a point guard. It's been a little while since we've had a point guard that's so offensively gifted. Um, I don't even think he scratched the surface of of what he can do, and you already see obviously what he can do. But I think there's a lot of open mid range jumpers that he's been missing and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, we just have. A lot more versatility on this team than last year's team. And that's just, that's where I'm at with that. That's why, and when so many young players and just trying to figure out roles and all that stuff, it's still, still going on. So, um, we haven't hit, I mean, the sky's the limit so far, I think, with this team. It's just, can they figure it out?
2: Um, yeah. I mean, I think they're figuring it out. It's just, it's just taken longer. Like we mentioned earlier, um, I just, Thought it may be better late than never. Better late than never. I mean, that's all I can say about that. Um, at no Blanchard 44, uh, Benny Williams finally playing like the five-star he was supposed to be. Yeah, and the thing is, too, when you talk about these players and they have these breakout games and, you know, especially a Benny, right? Like, how consistent can he, can he be? You know, we saw what, Quartier did last game and, you know, he comes in and, he, you know, it's just, it was kind of a struggle for him. And coach said he's, he's the best player in practice the last five to six practices. So for me, it's a consistency thing and I'll take it when I can get it, but I just want to see it more often because obviously he's talented because he's, he's as far as, as much as he struggled, excuse me, as much as he struggled this year, he's still uh, out there getting the minutes and starting games and and coaches putting a lot of faith in him from what he sees in in the things that we don't see. So um oh, yeah. you know it's just the consistency for me. And we knew last year, we talked even last year as little as we saw him about just his um his character and out there practicing and, and the, you know you could tell that he was someone that was going to be a work in progress but I just didn't... Again, I just didn't think it was going to be this much work in progress, I guess. (laughs) That's my thing. And he's obviously a talented guy, but... At... Who is this? At Terry Schultes. It's a Syracuse... Something like that. It's a Syracuse win. Good way to end 2022 on a positive note. Yes. I was going to be extremely upset if Syracuse lost this game. Now... I was never really nervous. I didn't think they were. Um, just, I don't get nervous until it's a second half thing. So, yeah, um, you know what I mean. So with that yeah. said, I'm just used to how it goes most of the time. So, um, I think, I think any any wins good, but Boston College is just okay. You know what I'm saying? I mean,
0: yeah, no, I mean they're they're at the level of an expected win. And that's really right yeah, I guess to. that's that's um, a good
2: way to put it yeah, but you get you have to win those anyway. so yes
0: happy well, yeah well and I, th- I think that's where Louisville is too right so I mean at this point oh without we're a doubt they're gonna there. go yeah we're gonna go game by game and it's gonna be a litmus test, right So you know Boston College to me was a game we could have won. We didn't know how good Pittsburgh was gonna be. I think we're starting to learn how talented they are um now if they've already hit their floor how high their ceiling is going to be i don't know what where pittsburgh is going to be at the end of the year but right now they're better than a lot of teams in the acc uh and and you know louisville and bc we're expecting we should we should have beat them if we think that we're a tournament team um virginia though that's going to be at virginia is going to be the the litmus test of where we are so um and from there you know right now virginia's the best team um, but there's other challenges throughout that schedule as well. So we'll see as it goes, goes on, you know, is Pittsburgh for real? Is Clemson for real? I think um, Pittsburgh is, when, for is real. Duke, when is Duke and North Carolina going to start ramping it up? Um, you know, where's Virginia Tech? They were ranked and then they lost to Boston College. Um, how good is Miami after well, they made it to the final four last year? Right. So, um, you know, good. there's some questions. There's some questions. So
2: there's a lot of questions in this is the time of the year where they mostly get answered. They start to. Yeah. Start to get into conference play and then see what everybody's doing against the, the match talent. I could go for less non conference stuff personally. I mean, I enjoy some of it and I do like getting the warm ups games, but I could go for less of it. It takes so long to figure out what the hell you got going on sometimes that it's just. It's like you know, here we are. It's are halfway through the season. What'd you say? There's 17 games left, so we're almost halfway through the season. There's and and you know, we're just really just now scraping the surface of what we've got. And I mean, I don't know. You could throw some more conference games in there for me. Uh, start them earlier. Uh, at who is this? Who is this? At CBB Crow. Benny's a stud. Oh, of course, Taylor and. Copeland will be great next year. That's kind of what we were alluding to earlier. I think Copeland is going to be good this year. I think we see more from Copeland. The way Coach talked about him in practice and things like that, I just find it hard to believe we're not going to see him blossom a little bit more. Taylor seems like more of a work in progress. By the way, he hit two big threes yesterday, but he was a little reserved in taking offensively and taking any shots. It just didn't seem like he wanted to ball in his hands. You know what I mean? And that's a, I guess confidence thing or just whatever, but he hit him when he needed to, but he had an opportunity to really, you know, hit some more even. <laughs> so,
0: yeah. it's uh, Well, with me, it's weird because to me, Taylor and, and, and Chris Bell, although they might be close to six, five, six, six or something to me, they both play more like shooting guards. Their game's more like a shooting guard um, type situation. Uh, so I think that's why sometimes when you see Quidier go in, he's like got the same frame, but he's more of a point guard type skill player. Play, And I think that um, that's the type of, of stuff that I don't, we don't need the point guard aspect of it. But just his game is getting gritty and getting in there and doing all the dirty stuff. Um, and it, that's just not Chris Bell and, and Justin Taylor's game. And uh, yeah, I mean, we'll wait and see. But the worst part about getting these many young kids and then having people come back is that you know most of the time everybody doesn't end up surviving because of playing time and things like that, right? Well,
2: so. that's that's just it. You're gonna have you're yeah, <coughs> and that that that's a, a a worry. I mean, from here on out for the rest of our college fandom days. That's going to be a worry. It seems like so. Uh, Something else changes. <clears throat> as not, it's like putting, you know, like the the old saying goes: you you can't put toothpaste back in the tube. The toothpaste is out of the tube. You can't. You cannot. And the toothpaste is out of the tube. Do we know
0: that a hundred percent?
2: I mean, I've thought about how you could do it, but I'd, I it would be difficult. You'd need a contraption. So, okay. With that said you know, be difficult. <laughs> it really would. Uh all right. At Super Orange Fan one, the way Coach plays Bell, I'm worried. In the long run, he needs to be on the floor. I I'm not I don't quite understand this one. And Super Orange Fan has only been around with us on Twitter since December twenty twenty two. So last year. Um <laughs> like very recent last year. Uh, so, yeah, I don't I don't know if I agree with that. In the long run, he needs to be on the floor. He's got to be doing something. I think if you have friendlies or if you have favorites as a fan, you always think they deserve to be on the floor more. So maybe that's yeah, well, situation it, there. And we know he's talented, but he's not doing anything.
0: Well, and there's the other guys too that think that well, you know, give him some time, let him get acclimated. He's going to make a couple of mistakes and you know, we know that that's just it's not how coach works when he has options. Yeah. When he has a bunch of similar options, he's going to keep going until one looks like it works. And then he might stick with that one for that game. And we've seen it over and over again this year.
2: Um some of these comments, man. You know, I'm just now looking at most of them. And I'm thinking to myself, what in the world? Where do we get these people from? Uh at Warner FP stop screwing around with weaker opponents and never let Ted Valentine near basketball court. Well, we <laughs> we, we we have no choice, okay? Uh what's he going to say about Louisville? Uh you have to play with your conference. And there's going to be different levels of competition there. So yeah. Um, there's another one here at RG R- R- Lions 54. Why is Ted Valentine allowed to ref Syracuse games? I mean, it's, it's a good question. It's a good question. Uh, I don't know. He loves them, though. I, uh, he loves them. Ted Valentine loves him some Syracuse games.
0: Yeah. Well, again, that's tough, though. It's, it's tough. Because we, we, play a, we defend teams differently, right? And it's just overall, to me, if you have a team like Boston College and some of these Pittsburghs that played all up in our face and just continually just aggressive man-to-man, aggressive man-to-man, there's going to be more fouls called on them almost every single time. Now, think about a 2-3 zone. How many times does something just end up being a jump shot or you know we keep the ball in front of us. They're moving the ball around, and then they just shoot a three, or they get it in the middle. They take a jump shot, right? Like we don't play defense like that, so we don't put ourselves in positions to foul that much. Which is why when you turn around and you see that we have a eight to one foul discrepancy, and that was the second half, right? Or was it the first? Say again. When we had the eight to one discrepancy, when we had eight fouls called. Oh, that out, was right? the was second, second half, half, right? Yeah, it was and nine to one. Foul. Yeah, like to me that is just it's crazy. It's it's crazy, and it's a situation where. Obviously, Ted Valentine is is cool with the hand stuff and playing that 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 tight man to man in your face stuff. But God, you get that ball down near that hoop, and anybody bumps into anybody, that's going to be a foul. Um, there were some times. I mean, there were some dumb fouls when Hema when he breached in, you know. And there's a couple times, but then there was other times where these guys just fell on their own and just jumped into these centers that were just holding your arms straight up, and they were calling fouls. So, um, I mean, it's just it seems to me like just Valentine can't balance that crap out.
2: No, he can't. He's in, you know, I respect Teddy Valentine a little bit, but... Uh, <sighs> I mean so much. It's
0: like he's there. It's, like, it's just... It like, just seems... Everything's so loud with him, too. Like, look at me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. He's very animated. Yeah, yeah. I'm just not a fan. Uh, the only thing I'm like... not a huge fan either, but, I mean, y- y- you know... you. Y- you talk about the, the fouls that, that were called. Well, the, the ones that weren't called were just as bad, and that's the other part of it. The so, yeah.
0: only you know, thing I liked about yesterday was their allowance or the way that they called basically how they were allowing players with loose balls to get jump balls and stuff like that. They weren't calling every, yeah. every foul when someone had a chance to reach in and grab the ball. It seemed right? like so.
2: that possession arrow never left Syracuse too. I was thinking to myself at one point, is it Has it moved?
0: They just—I mean, there was just so many. Of them. I know. At one point, there was a whole bunch in a row. So, but they were letting them play as far as that goes. But you know, that hand checking, oh, that hurts us. When you get a ref that doesn't call that, and then we got our zone and we're not hitting, and they're just harassing Gerard and then Judah. Like that's yeah. that's. Tough.
2: Well, it's the rule. I mean, the rule is the rule is one hand's okay, two's not, right? So.
0: Yeah. Well, the, the problem is, is me, when there's hard. two hands. Telling you what, and you're they not still don't call Judah, you're not stopping Judah from going by you unless you use two hands.
2: Right, exactly. And he usually so. ends up on the floor and um, it doesn't nothing gets called. So he just gets back up and plays the game, which he's supposed to do, but still it's frustrating. Um, yep. let's see. Bobby. Start at the top here on the Facebook. Thrills hey, seven- Huh? Hey, Bobby. Nothing. Uh Thrilled seven to eight guys getting playing time with bench guys getting time. Looks like Jim has changed his way because of the portal. We have three to five guys that can go off and give us 15 plus hopes are up. Okay. Well, you know that he has been a little bit better all year as far as playing guys too, but he's just got so many options. It's been a long time too, since we've had a team with this kind of depth at almost every position. So yeah, we struggled the past three years at the center position and we just haven't had anything. And now we've got some options there and it's good to be able to have that because obviously issues with with Jesse uh here and there. So and again we could point to some of the some of the officiating for some of that. But
0: Yeah. And it, I hate it for Samir too, you know. I, I like, do too, I, but I hate that he's only getting sometimes single-digit minutes and stuff like that. Um, pains me to see sometimes. But when you have Judah and Joe playing that good, that's tough. But you hate that stuff because you see it and you're like, oh, is he going to transfer? Is something going to happen? Because I'm telling you what, there's going to be...
2: He already did, though, right? So can he still? Yeah.
0: Can he again? I mean, he can, but he'd have to sit out. Right. And it's his hometown, and his little brother's committed there for football. So it's like, I doubt that it's going to happen, but you know, I just hope that Beheim keeps him happy and that he still keeps his, you know, it seems like he's got a pretty positive attitude because I'm telling you right now, there are going to be situations this year where we're going to need him to come in and play defense in his hustle and his, in his plays and stuff like that. So um, I hope he just, his speed, his speed. He just keeps his his head into it. You know what I mean? Because of not getting as much playing time. Um, And yeah, I mean, I think that's why Jim keeps alluding to rebounding and loose balls and like the little stuff, because, when you see what Benny can do with scratching the surface and what he talks about, about what he sees in, in practice on top of Jesse and Judah and Joe, we have the. If those four guys are clicking on all cylinders, obviously they're not all going to hit everything. Um, But I mean, they scored. What was it? Joe had 24, Judah had 18, Jesse had 10. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, that's what real quick, forty two fifty two plus Benny, 16, 68, I mean, 68 points out of those four. If that's just quick math, I don't know. But like if you're getting 68, if you're getting that that type of outcome from those four guys, which are expected um, to be able to put all that stuff, you know, maybe obviously maybe Benny gets eight this game and Jesse gets 20. And you know what I mean? Combined, they get that type of, of production on offense. Then we don't need. Chris Bell hitting four threes or Justin Taylor coming in and hitting threes, we need that guy that's gonna come in and do all the dirty work. I think that's why he keeps emphasizing um that situation, you know. So as long as one of them can come in between Kwidir or Justin or Chris Bell and do what they're being asked, I think I think you know we can fill in that that gap. I don't think it necessarily has to be the starter doesn't have to be one of them. It could be somebody different every game. Um, But as long as someone can fill in and do that, then I think we'll be okay, as long as those other four are, are pretty steady.
2: Yeah, I agree. All right, let's continue here on Facebook. Man, this thing's getting all screwed up. What is going on here? All right, there we go. Top fan, Nadal. Impressive second half from everyone. As much as I hate to say it, Joe is playing the best I've seen him play in his entire career. It's been a lot of his. It's been a lot of his games and a lot of reps since his awful three-game stretch. That being said, uh, competing with Boston College, Colgate's, and Cornell's of the NCAA may be the best we can do with this squad. And see, and that's just we'll just have to see because we haven't had to do it yet. So, you know, going on the road and, and playing a, a quad four game against Louisville and then going on the road and playing a quad one game against UVA is doesn't get any more – you don't have any more of a stark contrast than that. And,
0: <laughs> no. And, <laughs> Literally the worst team in the ACC and the best team in the yeah. ACC. So
2: uh, we're going to get, like Joe said earlier, we're going to get a good gauge of what this team – really is against uva The the pack line defense has just smothered syracuse before but this team's a little bit different this i think that with judah and you know um the way joe's playing like nadal said i think that there's an opportunity to um give these guys a struggle i mean i don't know if we go there and, and win but We'll see what happens after Louisville, and then we can speculate, I guess. But I just feel like this team is a better, is matched up better with UVA than it has been in the past. Let's just—I'll just say that. I don't know how much yeah, better. Well, I don't know if it's going to be that big of a deal, but uh, you know, the the, the athleticism and talent I think is 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 a better matchup for us.
0: And, and by w- by no w- means
2: is it a good matchup either, but
0: well, that's what I mean too, right? As I hate Virginia every single time, they still got Kihi Clark. Um, yeah. He's been there for 12 years. Threes. Yeah. We've seen him hit threes and beat us. We've seen him go to the middle of the, you know, right at the free throw line and make passes and shots out of there and beat us. Uh, Tony Bennett knows how to play against us. Um, and their defense is always relentless. So it's, it's going to be difficult for sure. But again, good litmus test.
2: Yeah. Um, all right, let's, let's try to do one more, Joe. All right, let me see here, let me kind of give a little well oh, well let's see all right, let's do this uh Steve on Facebook again, slow start, not bad as some games, but better teams are going to keep the pedal down as he will not recover. It's a good point. Taylor should start ah, uh, I don't know, otherwise, <laughs> many contributed probably because Jim was looking for combos that produce chalk up a win and on to the next, yeah, the slow starts. It, it is is a Syracuse staple, but it is not going to work. It's not going to work against a UVA. Uh, you know that's going to be a problem. So the 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 one thing though that this team has, and and other teams have, but I feel like it's better with this team is that the there's, they just do not give up. They don't, get, they don't let it get them down. Just think of the pit game, okay? That game was O-V-E-R over, you know? And all of a sudden, I'm like, I was going to shut this thing off at 12 minutes, and here we are, like, <laughs> we might win this game, you know? So yeah. they don't let that bother them, and, yep. you know, that's, that's huge, especially when you're starting this way. But I would be thoroughly impressed if we can come out and, and have a little bit more energy, to start some of these games. I mean, it's got to happen at some point, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's just a feeling out process too. It's a young team. Um, you know, I was just as impressed. <clears throat> I mean, about as impressed as them coming back from pit as I was, that you knew how to spell over. And um, oh, thank you. It's just, I had yeah, no it,
2: problem. I had it written down. I planned on, oh, planned on okay. saying that. All right. Okay.
0: Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's definitely a situation where I think like last year, right? Last year, our players they were older we came out and we were a first half team and then the other teams would make the adjustments and figure us it figure it out and we couldn't physically make the changes and that's why we would teams would come back on us and we would struggle this year we have versatility we have athleticism we have a bunch of different things we didn't have as much of last year and to see these young kids it's almost like they're growing up as the game's going on and oh this is what they're doing this is what as they're getting coached up and you can see that they start, you know, and brings in the guys that, that are are doing what they're supposed to be doing, and that are learning what this team is doing. But they're making those adjustments, and these kids are like learning on the fly. So you get these young guys to to finally just figure it out. Then I think that you're going to see a team that's not going to struggle so much earlier on. But um, it is it is positive for me, you know, to see that um, that Beheim's he's making the right adjustments, bringing in different players to get the right rotations in there and and you got benny figuring it out and in the in-game adjustments and seeing our team figure out these teams as it goes on i mean it's it's more positive than being a first half team and then losing in the second half so um and and realistically being down and being able to come back in those pressure situations or even being able to be in a game like you said pittsburgh um that's good for the future of the season as far as being in late games pressure situations at the end of the season as well so um definitely more of a positive than you know the latter as far as being a first half team and then tanking in the second half
2: yeah i'll take it so
0: fine be that way
2: <laughs> something positive man god i think there's a lot of positive i mean y- y- there's i mean there's a ton I- i'm seeing positives every game i mean you could you could look at every game and just just pull
0: First of Jude all, Judah's going to be unbelievable.
2: Yeah, he's going to be unbelievable. And that worries me a little bit. Like, how is he going to get really unbelievable this year <laughs> or no, you know. start next year, hopefully? You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, it's always it's worth great it to, to have him for make two a years.
0: Oh,
2: right? yeah, well, yeah. It's always worth it to make a run. Yes, absolutely. I'll it, take
0: that. I'll take that run where we came back and beat Virginia and lost in the final four against North Carolina. I'll take that run versus losing <laughs> in the sweet 16 and then. Or elite eight and getting Malachi back for her next year, you know what I mean? So those players, they step it up come tournament time and they make a run. Then it's completely worth it to me, especially if you know we beat Tony Bennett and Gonzaga. That's worth where. When it to was me the last
2: day. time Syracuse has beaten UVA? That's that's, <clears throat> that's 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 a good that's a good question.
0: Um, it, it was. I feel like we have beat them since then.
2: Um, I'm not sure I, if we have. Maybe once. No, we okay. So look. 2020 Gerard Behaim Sadibi Dolajay and Hughes. I
0: think we played them early, right?
2: Yeah, that was um, that was January 11th, 2020. So that was the last time, and then before that, that was that was the um, no, we beat them right after we so the game we played real quick the game we played in the NCAA tournament and came back and in and won. With Richardson, it's 23 points. Uh, we beat them the next time we played them, the next year. And then it was, which was 2017. And then it was the win in 2020, in January. So they're on a three-game win streak right now. UVA
0: is. First Against off. us. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, um, okay, that's it. You back it. Louisville first.
2: Yeah, yeah, I know. I, yeah, I know.
0: By the way, Whatever. that football field was
2: trash. That football field was trash, but they all had to play on it. So True. I guess it is what it is, you know. Uh, look, we'll be back here Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday to talk about Louisville. Uh, can't wait to see you then. Thanks for listening. Appreciate all of you. For Joe, I'm Sean. we Peace.